Hello and welcome to the show. We are indeed so glad, and I mean so glad that you are here and co-hosting with me today is none other than the one and only Ben Carrillo. And she is a contributor for Breakdown. Ben, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, I'm doing good, how about yourself? I'm all right, I'm glad you're doing good. Is there anything happening over at the breakdown that you want some viewers on Unboss to know? Um. Oh yeah, I did like I did like a recent one about like honestly like debunking like baby boomer myths about history and like talking about how like, like basically how history is more recent than people realized. Like it was all about like how public pools got paved over because a bunch of racist people like we're angry that you know they were be, being forced to be desegregated and so instead of you know desegregating the public pools they just paved them over so that was a big video i did in the breakdown but there's a ton of more stuff like that yeah you guys do not want to miss ben and i ben i kind of see that as an explainer like you're walking people down memory lane and you're right the continuum of history is very recent and our country is not that old relative to other Civilizations. I mean, we're we're very young. So when we talk about history, it was just yesterday, the 90s, the 80s, and sometimes it doesn't. The 50s and the 60s. I mean, we have elders here with us right now who lived through some of the periods that we talk about. So it is definitely not ancient history by any stretch of the imagination. And I'm so glad that you are sharing that story. Heather McGee wrote a book. Some some of us. S-U-M of us and it talks some about not only the pools, but how racism, white supremacy and that kind of bigotry really robs everybody of resources. So thank you, Ben, for talking about that. You guys wanna go and see Ben on the breakdown and the rest of the breakdown family. And speaking of breakdown, Ben and I are gonna break down a few things for you today. The sick reality of the sick care system in the United States of America, and it is really sick. We do not have health care in the system. In, in this country, we have sick care. And the commodification of healthcare proves time and time again as untenable and absolutely immoral. So we're gonna share a story with you. And George Santos, if that's his name, I mean, I don't know what this, I don't know what his name is, but we're gonna use that one today. And D. Sanctimonious might be facing a lawsuit. You guys know who that is. That is Governor DeSantis of Florida. President Trump got that nickname just right. D. Sanctimonious, I can't help myself, but he might be facing a lawsuit for attacks against an African-American study course. So we are going to start today's show talking about the sick care system. If one survives gun violence, people would assume they're lucky. That's unfortunately not the reality. Take a look. Caleb Medley was shot in the head. He's still in critical condition. His family says he's slowly getting better, but will take years to recover. He's lost his right eye and is suffering brain damage. Medley's family expects medical bills to go well over a million dollars. The Medleys don't have medical insurance, and his wife just gave birth to their first child. So friends have started a Facebook page and website asking for donations. Hospital bills are going to be insurmountable. It's extremely hard. Yeah, indeed. And can we just pause? You know, for all of the victims, for the survivors, for their families, their loved ones, their friends, these communities, these kinds of tragic incidences remind us that we have such a long way to go in this country. So what you just watched was the story of a survivor of the Aurora, Colorado mass shooting in 2012. Unfortunately, nothing has changed since 2012. A recent tweet points to that. One of the people injured in a mass shooting this week told Governor Gavin Newsom, we're talking about California folks, he was trying to get out of the hospital ASAP because he couldn't afford the medical bill. Please keep that up team. I, I, I want you all to wrap your minds around what that tweet is expressing to us. That a person that was injured during a mass shooting told the governor of the state of California, not that I'm feeling better, not that I'm gonna stay here until everything is taken care of for me medically, but I am trying to get out of here. Not that I have time to mourn, but I need to get out of here because I can't afford the medical bill. 
very tragic indeed. And then my stump double put it bluntly, and I mean very bluntly as she usually does. This is America summed up in a tweet. Wrap your mind around that. We need to underline it, bolded, underscored, exclamation point, message in a bottle. This is America. And you know, it'd be one thing if we were a poor nation, but we are not a poor nation. We are a hegemon nation. And we are the only nation, the only industrialized nation on the face of the earth that does not have some type of universal health care. Meanwhile, back in the hoods where people are misunderstood, whether they're rural hoods, urban hoods, or suburban hoods, the majority of the American people want to see the government play a bigger role in providing universal health care. It is called expanding Medicare. That's what it's called. And it would not change points of service, it would just change how people pay for that. It would be a social contract, the same type of social contract that we have for our elders right now. Medicare was one of the best programs of the 20th century to help lift elders and others out of poverty along with social security. And you would think that between all of the shootings and the pandemic that we would get a clue. But it is obvious that the policymakers who are elected do not have a clue because they're too busy answering to their owner donors. Ben, your thoughts on this story and healthcare in America in general? Yeah, I mean, this is really heartbreaking because there's another element to this that I think is really important. A lot of people in the United States have this mythological notion of like passing down wealth to their children. But the harsh reality is for the overwhelming majority of Americans, your end of life care is gonna cost your children any potential inheritance that they could possibly have, right? Because in order to get on like Medicaid programs and all these things, you have to burn out all your cash, all your assets before you can even get this like long long term care and stuff like that. And so a lot of people spend their whole life saving up. They spend every single day working, okay, until until it comes to the point where they need their end of life care. And then all of a sudden, all of that's gone. They think they're gonna leave back stuff for their children. And then a lot of these folks that get hit by this too are Republicans, right? They, they, they get hit by this and they're like, wait, what, wait a second. I was supposed to get this inheritance or whatever. And it's like, no, okay, because we don't have universal health care. We don't have even like the basic, like like just basic universal health care. Because for me as a veteran, right, as a disabled veteran, I get healthcare unlike anybody else in the United States, okay? I go to the doctor and there's not a ton of insurance paperwork. There's not all this nonsense, okay? It's very, very efficient. All they need to keep is my medical records. Every once in a while, I need something that the VA can't provide and they just pay for it. They just they just sign, they just do it and pay for it. And people don't realize that makes the whole system more efficient, okay? Because in the United States, in your standard hospital, the average doctor is spending half of all their time just filling out paperwork for insurance companies. Quite literally, our entire healthcare system is being robbed blind by these insurance companies and their ridiculous profits, right? And we can run, like we've proven it, right? With the VA, it proves that we can run very effective, no cost healthcare for people. I don't pay for my prescriptions, I don't pay for any of that, nothing, okay? And so if we can do it for veterans, we can do it for everybody. Right, and it would be it would save us ridiculous amounts of money. But no, we're so shameless that literally, when people are the victims of tragedies, we tell them pull from your own pockets, pull from your own communities with GoFundMe. Don't you dare ever expect the millionaires and billionaires that own insurance companies to to ever be the ones to pay up. Yeah, I mean, being the worst healthcare plan of all, GoFundMe. You know, just to think how cruel that is. And even if it wasn't about a tragedy and a mass shooting, just think about people who have, you know, terminal illnesses and, and they are trying their best or just illnesses that are a chronic. It costs an, an inordinate amount of money. And then you got companies like Moderna and others, for example, increasing the price for the COVID vaccine after it was our tax dollars that paid for the research. And it costs about $2 and some change to make, but yet companies like Moderna wanna charge $130 for it. When when the government was helping to get that get people vaccinated, it was about $26. I mean, they're, they're, this, is, this is criminal, it is, and it is patently immoral. So to go back to the person who's, who was in that mass shooting and said, look, I gotta get out of here because I don't want high medical bills, I won't be able to afford it. This is what this victim said, according to Governor Newsom. He said, hey, Governor, thanks for being here. But when am I going to get the hell out of here? 
his leg was shattered by the gunfire. He goes, I can't afford to spend any more time here. I don't have the money, sad as hell. And we all should be concerned because we are all just kind of one little situation away from maybe being in that kind of situation and not necessarily being a victim of a mass shooting. But just anything happening to us because we are human or to somebody that we love that puts us in this kind of situation. And this really is how a nation's sick care system, this is how the industry operates. Where after surviving a mass shooting, witnessing people around you die. You still got to fork up the money for your recovery. You don't even have time to recover or to moan. You got to think about, hey, I need to get out of this hospital. And let's put up this tweet from uh, from Christian, a professor at Stockholm University, Professor Christian. The United States of America in one tweet, get a shot in a mass shooting or get shot in a mass shooting, go to the hospital, try and leave early because the debt would kill you instead. Complete and utter perversity. Yeah, that right there. That right there. Professor got that absolutely right. The debt is going to kill you. I mean, really, we we really got to do something about it. It is unacceptable, folks. It really is. And the costs are astronomical. One study published in JAMA, Network open in May 2022 found that the average of initial hospital charges for patients injured during a mass shooting between 2012 and 2019 was more than $64,000, almost $65,000 per person. So you get out of the hospital and the first thing that's weighing on your mind is how in the hell are you going to be able to afford your health care? And if you are blessed enough to be like maybe solidly in the middle class or almost solidly in the middle class, those kinds of expenses coupled with everything else you got to pay for can wipe you out. This is insanity, America, and it's unacceptable. And we need to take to the streets, seriously. Why do we keep putting up with this foolishness? And you can't make this stuff up furthermore. A 2021 report from US Government Accountability Office found that in 2016 and 2017, initial hospital costs for gun injury care, not specific to mass shootings, topped $1 billion each year. Seriously. And for survivors, this is lifelong recovery. That's exactly what this is. Uh, any further thoughts, Ben? Yeah, I mean, it's just so shameless how like our country actively puts people in danger for profits by supporting these like gun companies over everybody else, and then leaves people to hang for the benefits of the profits of the insurance companies. So millionaires are making money on both ends of this. Yeah, they are, and literally making money off off of other people's suffering. And the medical costs associated with surviving gun violence often don't end with the hospital visit. Let us make sure we put that point up. Recovery and rehabilitation can take months or years. Some need things not typically covered by health insurance, like long-term home health care or home modifications. But it's not just the physical wounds that are costly. And this is coming from the CNN reporting, which is true. Survivors of mass shootings, their families and their communities are often scarred by the violence for the rest of their lives. They gotta carry this, experiencing a number of physical, mental and other setbacks, including including losing their job and income because of disability. And because in this country, healthcare, sick care is attached to your job, you lose your job. I mean, it's just a spiral, it's a maelstrom of calamity happening to people. And it absolutely doesn't make any sense. And America, it doesn't have to be this way. No other nation functions like this because it's dysfunctional. It is dysfunctional. It is vile that this nation literally profits off the misery of others, off of violence. And from the NRA throwing its dirty money at politicians to the commodification of healthcare, we must, we must, we must demand and do better in this country. So we'll continue to follow this story and stories like this. Now we're going on to Santos, if in fact that is his name. New trouble strikes again for George Santos, watch this. Just months ago, George Santos reported loaning his campaign more than $700,000 of his own money. But this week, Santos made a change to those filings. 
unchecking the box, which indicated most of that money came out of his own pocket. By federal law, candidates must disclose how they are funding their campaign. The Long Island Republican, accused of lying about his education and his background, has brushed off questions. Where did it come from? Well, I'll tell you where it didn't come from. It didn't come from China, Ukraine, or Burisma. How about that? It's the equity of my hard-working self and I've invested inside of me. Santos has still not answered questions about how he was able to donate more than half a million dollars to his campaign after earning 55000 two years earlier. I have no clue what you're talking about, ma'am. I appreciate that. Let's just call Santos lucky, maybe? I mean, this is it. This is politics and this is corruption. Uh, the question continues to pile up for Representative Santos. I can't believe I'm saying that, but that's the man's title. But what won't make McCarthy take any action? Let's roll the clip. If for some way when we go through ethics that he has broken the law, or you know, then we will remove him. But it's not my role. I believe in the rule of law. A person's innocent to proven guilty. Lord have mercy. This is about ethics. This is about morality. This is about this man deceiving the voters of that district. And all McCarthy cares about is the title of Speaker of the House of Representatives. Ben, I mean, we, we can't make this stuff up. I mean, it seems like a tragedy, a comedy. I don't know what to call this. Yeah, no, seriously. I mean, I, first of all, I want to tie this into the other story that we just did about healthcare and the fact that people like it costs like sixty thousand plus uh, if you're the victim of a mass shooting on average if you go to the hospital, and yet this right wing clown literally gets like almost a million seven hundred thousand dollars from where right from nowhere. Like, there's so much money that exists for the worst people in the world. We literally live in a system that actively incentivizes the absolute worst human beings with ridiculous amounts of money. Where if you're like a shameless grifter, there's money out there for you to profit off of other people's suffering. But heaven forbid you're a morally decent person and you want to actually want to make your way in the world in a decent way and you get struck by some sort of accident, then all of a sudden you're in crippling debt. And so like all of this just together, it just shows you how shameless the Republican Party is. And it shows you like, because they're willing to like vouch for this guy, even even with these things, right? Even with these like very obvious like scandals and stuff like that, because they love it. They don't care that he's a liar. Like if they cared about people being liars, like the entire Republican Party would be the Spider-Man meme, everybody just pointing at each other. They don't care. All they care about is, are you gonna do the job that corporations want you to do? Are you gonna push this right wing nonsense? Are you gonna make profits for oil companies? Are you gonna make profits for payday lenders? Are you gonna make profits for insurance companies? That's what they care about. They don't care about like dishonesty or anything like that. And like that's what's so funny about this because we live in a country where Republicans will constantly talk about rule of law when it means keeping somebody in a position of power who very obviously does doesn't deserve it. But then, of course, when you have corrupt police officers, when you have corrupt business owners, then all of a sudden rule of law becomes, well, you know, I don't know if we would find this company for this thing like, you know, they're such a good guy or, you know, oh, there's just this hardworking police officer. Then all of a sudden rule of law just goes out the window. So it's it's really really interesting what Republicans mean when they say rule of law. It really seems like the law that they believe in is just their own personal interest. Yes, definitely when it benefits them, it's just really welcome to the family. And Democrats too, they're not much better. We might not totally have a Santos type, but if every elected official serving in Congress had to really ask them questions, who did they lie, deceive to get to that office? It would be more than DeSantis, it would be more than Santos exiting stage right. It would be a lot of them leaving that office. Well, we this is a story that keeps on giving, so we're gonna keep up with him. And Sarah Rump from Mediate put it perfectly. Let's put up what Sarah wrote. For the question about his personal finances has been one of the top unresolved mysteries about Congress's own semi-talented Mr. Ripley. You guys haven't seen that movie, it's a really good movie. With George Santos somehow going from making only $55,000, claiming zero assets, having trouble paying rent, and allegedly swiping luxury clothing and accessories from various roommates, Jesus, man, to being able to loan his campaign $700,000. Baby, miracles happen. You just just ask Representative Santos, baby, man, a falling from heaven. That's what happened to that brother. That that money just fell down from heaven. That's how he was able to do it. And Sarah also went on to say that, or write, 
Santos has claimed this amazing pal, Moolah, came from his absolutely wonderful talent in various business dealings and totally not from any sort of shady Russian oligarch or other nefarious character who might seek to buy their own pet congressman. Nope. All totally legit. You better go ahead on Sarah. And a lot of them, a lot of these oligarchs, whether they're American oligarchs or Russian oligarchs, they got their pet elected officials. That's why it's called, it's legal in the United States of America to bribe politicians. And finally, Santos originally claimed personal funds on his campaign finance report. He is now claiming in updated filings. Uh, were from income earned with the devoter organization. Yep, and I have a, something I want to sell you, like a bridge that I want to sell you that probably needs repair because we don't take care of our infrastructure in the United States of America. Devoter organization LLC lists its address in Melbourne, Florida. By the way, here is the organization's filing information. Can we just take a look at that in Florida? Yeah, it is. But the mailing address, that's the thing you want to know about. The exact address happens to be a quote, fast mailing more, end quote, mailbox center, a business that allows customers to rent mailboxes. Other tenants in the strip mall include a Dollar Tree. And look, I'm not hating on those. I'm just, we just putting this out here. Other tenants in the strip mall include a Dollar Tree, Staples, a Chinese restaurant, a nail salon, and a check cashing service. And if you look at the location on Google Maps, you can see Santos Big Money Maker or not so much. It's not too surprising though that there are multiple underlined and bold this one. Investigations going on with George Santos. Prosecutors open criminal investigation into George Santos after extensive lies exposed. Lies, lies on top of lies, on top of lies, on top of damn lies. This man is on a pile of lies. If you look up in the dictionary the word lies, Santos is almost at the top of the list. He's not by himself though, but he right there like, woo, for this moment. Yeah, he in the top five for now. Oh, poor Representative Santos making about $175,000 off the taxpayer's dime. Probably nothing is going to happen to him. And hopefully the voters in his district will, hopefully they're already looking for a candidate right now because this dude should not, and I mean not be in Congress. We'll be right back. Marinate on this stuff. We'll be right back. Welcome back to my favorite part of the show, part one. Let's spin the wheel. Spin the wheel, become a member. Come on, you know you want to do it. Become a member of TYT. Sign up and spin. Sign up for the annual membership to TYT and spin the wheel for an exciting prize. Y'all see that Q code up there? Just put that smartphone up there and it'll pop up there instantly. Or you can go to tyt.com slash spin, spin the wheel. When you get your membership confirmation, email land on a prize and wait for delivery via mail. Please, why don't you just do that? And the National Prayer Breakfast Victory TYT investigates has worked hard to expose the National Prayer Breakfast and sources say President Joe Biden will no longer attend the event. He will not. So for more on that, go ahead and you know TYT investigates. Go to tyt.com slash reports. Go ahead on TYT, do your thing. And coming up, reactions right after this with Ravana. Yeah, all right. On to comments. Let's go. TYT members, Mountain Dragon. Hello, Mountain Dragon. Double dose of Ben. <laughs> yes. Say that. Good way to keep this week going. Amen to that. And on Twitch, RC, as the government condones gun violence, they should be prepared to pay for any and all medical bills and funerals needed when a shooting happens. Very, very good point. 
And on YouTube Super Chat, Donald, hey Donald, turn the shower on because Nina is on fire. You better say that, baby. Underline it, underscore, message in a bottle, put it on a train, not on a plane, especially not Southwest. Oh, we send it so much love to each and every one of you. Thank you so much for your comments. We can't get to them all, but we'll get to as many as we can. We appreciate you because here at Unbossed, we wouldn't be able to do what we do without you, boo, and the entire TYT network. We're sending you love. And we're sending you lots of thanks. So President Biden is failing on yet another promise. And it has me asking WTF neoliberals. We will now kneel. Miss Cinema, Miss Cinema, no. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. Climate change is an emergency. And in the coming weeks, I'm gonna use the power I have as president to turn these words into formal official government actions through the appropriate proclamations, executive orders, and regulatory power that a president possesses. I will do everything in my power, clean our air and water, protect our people's health, to win the clean energy future. Our children and grandchildren are counting on us, not a joke. All of that sounds swell and indeed really the right things to say. But we need actions to follow those words. That was President Biden, that was him last summer. And apparently it's a joke to this president. Check out this headline, spectacular failure on climate leadership. Biden outpaces Trump on oil and gas permits. Team lead that up, please. I want y'all marinate in it. See, when I really want you, yeah, believe your lying eyes. And for those of you who are just listening to the show, spectacular failure of climate leadership. Biden outpaces Trump on oil and gas permits. So for all the neoliberals, spare us. Okay, because if you're gonna jump down Trump's throat, rightfully so, over this, y'all need to go and jump down this man's throat too. But you ain't gonna hear a mumbling word from those neoliberals. Nothing, crickets, because they pick and choose, which means that they are not really committed to these causes anyhow. But yeah, epic fail. According to the Center for Biological Diversity analysis of federal data released Wednesday, the Biden White House greenlit over 6,000 permits for oil and gas greenlit. Anyway, the irony there, over 6,000 permits for oil and gas drilling on public lands in 2021 and 2022-a 4.2 in percent increase over former President Donald J. Trump's administration. The shame, which rubber stamped over 6,000 drilling permits in the first two years. Over six in the first two years. So here we go. If you committed to the cause, then you have to say that what President Biden is doing right now is an epic fail and that he spectacularly lied. And I want you to watch this from November when Biden was on on the trail for the queen of neoliberals. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about, that's Governor Kathy Holcomb. Take a look. No more drilling. There is no more drilling. I haven't formed any new, new drilling. He leaned in on that one, no more new drilling. No more new drilling. The man said it, okay, you ain't gotta take my word for it. You just, if you're watching, you saw it. If you're listening, you heard it. No more new drilling, but we find out that that in fact is not the case. Taylor Mekinon of the Center for Biological Diversity called out the administration. And this is what they said. Two years of runaway drilling approvals are a spectacular failure of climate leadership by President Biden and Interior Secretary Deb Holland. Gonna throw her in there too. Avoiding catastrophic climate change requires phasing out fossil fuel fuel extraction, but instead we're still racing in the opposite direction. Ben, I mean, I, you know, people lie, they just flat out lying. Like we, we can't even soften this. The man lied. Yeah. 
No, 100%. And all of it really stems down to like their commitment. These neoliberals, their commitment to market solutions is what they call them. They'll talk about cap and trade. They'll talk about like, oh, what if we have these like tax incentives for like this, that, or the other thing? But it's never gonna work as long as the fossil fuel industry is not only heavily subsidized by the government, but also incredibly profitable, then market solutions will always lead to this. And and this is a problem that actually Western Europe is dealing with too right now. That's like part of why they have the gas crisis that they're doing is because the strategy from these capitalist countries has been this market solution. Compare that to like what China is doing. Now forget about like any other idea that you have about China. Let's focus just on climate policy. What China is doing is investing a ridiculous amount of money in public transit, walkable cities and renewable energies. By doing that, they are reducing the demand for fossil fuels by heavily subsidizing the new sectors, taking subsidies away from fossil fuel extraction, putting those subsidies towards renewable energies, investing heavily not only in renewable energy at the starting point of energy production, but also focusing on building high speed trains and making cities walkable so that like there's less dependency on, on vehicles, there's less dependency on these things. That is how you actually have an effective strategy where you reduce demand for fossil fuels by increasing production in the renewable energy energy sector. And the United States is basically waiting for renewable energies to be profitable when like fundamentally that's just not gonna happen. That like we are in a climate clock, we can't wait for what's profitable. We can't wait for the market solutions to figure things out. They keep talking about magical carbon capture technology that continues to fail when we are on a ticking clock with climate change. And we need to adopt strategies more like what China's doing, where we fundamentally organize our infrastructure around creating demand for specifically renewable energy and heavily investing in that and divesting from fossil fuels. But unfortunately, the military industrial complex, these private companies in the United States, they are so embedded with the fossil fuel industry that they just can't give up these subsidies. And people like Joe Biden run around with big hopes and dreams that the market will never solve. Yeah, Ben, you make extraordinary points. And knowing all along they weren't going to do right. And you know, making sure that we decrease our reliance on fossil fuels, shoring up our infrastructure. For trains, for example, as Ben was laying out, that's being done in China. There's a health component to walkable cities. There's a health component to building out infrastructure for passenger trains, for making sure that public transit is solid and robust. There is a health benefit to this as well. But nope, nope, not here in the United States of America. And you know what? President Biden's, because let's 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 talk about this part of the equation. President Biden's Biden's permits carry many consequences for many regions. Regions of the drilling authorized so far by the Biden administration, nearly 4,000 permits have been approved for public lands in New Mexico, followed by over a thousand in Wyoming and several hundred each in Utah, Colorado, California, Montana, and North Dakota. And there are people there, the ecosystem is there that will be impacted by all of these decisions. And according to the Center for Biological Diversity, these Biden approved drilling permits will result in more than 800 million tons of estimated equivalent greenhouse gas pollution or the annual climate pollution from about 217 coal fired power plants. Folded, underlined, and underscored. Message in a bottle, sent on a train, and not on Southwest. Did you, did you? Common dreams. Thank you for laying that out. And we know the dangers of greenhouse gases. We know it. The scientists have been warning us. They let us know from such drilling. But let's remind Joe Biden, just in case he's watching this show. I know he is. Dangers of greenhouse gases cause climate change by trapping heat, contribute to respiratory diseases from smog and air pollution, cause extreme weather, hello, create food supply disruptions on top of the corruptions we have going on in the marketplace right now where eggs, damn near seven, eight dollars and eighteen dollars in some places in this country. I know y'all are putting my turnerisms on all of this and increase chances of wildfires. Hello, California. This has all taken shape as the last two years. Gas and oil companies have seen record profits. Put up this, put put up this graph. They're not hurting. Oil companies' profits, they soaring. And you see them all. You see the symbols. Soaring. They're not hurting one bit. And this headline from yesterday: Chevron to buy back 75 
billion dollars with a B in stock after record profits. I am gritting my teeth right now. Program likely to ignite political angst over oil profits. New authorization is five times current annual buyback outlays. These people are crooks. They crooks, y'all. And they know that too many of these elected officials are for sale. So they not worried. America, okay? We are complicit in our own demise. I ain't gonna keep saying that. When, when are we gonna get mad as hell? When are we gonna be madder than a mofo? When are we gonna take to the streets? When are we gonna make sure that these elected officials know that there are consequences and repercussions for lying and selling us out? Now we only got one earth, just one. Now some folks may you know, think they are gonna go on up there to space, but only very few people are gonna be able to go up there and monk it up over there in Mars and Saturn and Venus and wherever else these ultra wealthy, selfish people, man, I'm trying to keep it PG, think that they are gonna go. <laughs> And lead the yeah. rest of us down here on, on Mother Earth to suffer after they done destroyed her. Guess what, Ben? Mother Earth gonna outlast all of us. We gonna be the ones that suffer on top of the, with the ecosystem. It's gonna be us. Yeah, no, seriously, 100%. Oh. And like, it's just, it's just so wasteful. It's just infuriating and just the lies. It's so shameless. And, and it's, it's lies that's literally putting people in danger. Cuz we already have, I think the number is about 3 million people a year across the world die from air quality. Right, that air quality kills 3 million people a year, and that's only going to get worse, right? And that we have refugee crisis, we have de yes. deforestation that's happening, we have desertification that's happening. Yeah. I mean, and we like we can't even get people to get rid of their golf courses in California during a drought. Like, I mean, it's the push pull factors, it really is. You and I should take a deeper dive on this kind of stuff because we got to break it down so people can understand it and feel it in a way that knows. So it impacts food, you know, it impacts. Uh, migration path, everything is impacted by this. Y'all, we gotta care about this. We have got to care about this. Yeah, Ben and I, we're gonna go deeper on this. But speaking of impacts, Ron DeSanctimonious, that dude, thinks he can get away with whitewashing history. He better think again. Take a look at this. We're here to give notice to Governor DeSantis that if he does not negotiate with the college board to allow AP African American studies to be taught in the classrooms across the state of Florida, that these three young people will be the lead plaintiffs in a historic lawsuit. What you just saw was civil rights attorney Ben Crump laying it down. Governor DeSanctimonious, we are here to put you on notice. I love that. Anytime you open up a press conference like that, baby, you know it's gonna be fire. You are officially on notice, dude. Now DeSantis and his administration, of course, has tried, not tried, they are meddling with the education of young Floridians with his ban on AP African American studies. This course that has him all up in a bunch about it. He all up, all swole up about this course when there are other things that this man could be working on in that state. I'm sure like homelessness, how about that? How about that? Are there anybody, is anybody suffering in the great state of Florida? But no, oh no, oh no, oh no, the sanctimonious, he got too much time on his hands. I want to take a look at this. And we want to do history and that's what our standards for, for black history are, it's just cut and dried history. You learn all the basics, you learn about the great figures. And you know, I view it as American history. I don't view it as separate history. You know, we have history, it, a lot of different shapes and sizes. People that have participated uh, to make the country great, uh, people that have stood up when it wasn't easy, and they all deserve uh, uh, to be taught. But abolishing prisons, being taught to high school kids as if that's somehow a fact, no, that, that's, that's not appropriate. This man, now y'all know I just went off on that uh, yes, this this week. So I, I'm, you know, just teach the basics and teach about the great figures. Don't teach about the trials, the tribulations, the struggles, just the stuff that this man believes is okay to teach. That's basically what he is saying. Again, Florida, your governor got too much time on his hands. He really does. And his BS, you know, it, these young people, they're not going for it. As a reminder, here's what the course covers, and it is studies 
And I also want you to know, keep that up you guys, it's an elective. In other words, the students can elect not to take the course. And if their parents don't want them to take the course, they don't have to take the course, but it's studies. So origins of the African diaspora, freedom, enslavement and resistance, the practice of freedom, movements and debates. Those are the global points by which there will be other points within those points. And this is what this man is calling a press conference about. Get your governor. The college board has since moved forward with revising the course framework. Why? Because they don't want they don't want to deal with this madman. The nonprofit organization which oversees the nationwide advancement placement program announced on February one announced that on February one it would release the official framework for an AP African American study course, which it said has been under development since March. That report is coming from NBC News. As a spokesperson for the college board did not respond to questions about whether the change was a direct result of Florida's rejection of the course. You know it was a direct result, but they ain't gotta say it, Ben and I said. It was a direct result of this governor bullying these people and using his power and his position to, to stoke madness and hate and fear. He don't want African American history taught, he does not. Just the basics, as he determines what the basics are. Something wrong with him. And the rejection of this course is part of the sanctimonious ongoing war on woke. Or as actual human beings call it, reality. And you know woke isn't the new buzzword for the right, it's for black. Ben? Yeah, no, most definitely. Okay, like so many layers to this. First and foremost, how are you gonna teach African American studies without teaching about abolition? Without teaching, because like, are we just gonna forget that Angela Davis? Are we gonna forget that Angela Davis is literally like an international, like recognized, like activist? Who was like, like literally, like wrongfully jailed? It was a whole international incident. Like literally, all over the world, people were calling, uh, you know, for Angela Davis to be let out of prison, and and she was like one of the most notable abolitionists, like really in like American history, especially in recent history, and she's still alive today. So how are you going to? She just had a birthday, Ben. She just (laughs) had a birthday. Yeah. So how are you going to teach how you like you just have to have a conversation about prison abolition even if you're not like saying that like you know in favor of prison abolition which to be clear I am um you cannot have a conversation about like these movements without talking about figures like Angela Davis who pushed for abolition without talking about like Martin Luther King pushing for things like like socialism right like these these are just really really cut and dry but also at the layer of like the AP college board people you all should be ashamed of yourself. Like you all should literally be ashamed of yourself. So this obvious white supremacist wants to whitewash history, and you're like, oh, we, you know, we really want this class to be here in Florida, so we're just gonna have to whitewash all of history for everybody in the United States. Excuse me, excuse me. That's don't be such a pathetic, spineless weasel. Okay, it should be them leading this lawsuit and not these students. So thank you for these students for stepping up. Go ahead, Ben said, don't be a spineless. What was the other word? Uh, a weasel, spineless, something, something weasel. Don't be that. <laughs> Don't be, be the opposite of that. And you are absolutely right, Ben. And while dozens of states are introducing legislation, I mean, this is a national phenomenon, unfortunately, introducing legislation that limits how various topics, including race and American history, can be discussed in public schools. These bills are particularly successful in Florida. This is happening all over the country. Hello, America, this is a crisis. And under DeSantis, the state has stopped woke, passed the Stop Woke Act, his act, which lets parents sue teachers and school districts over violating limitations, over violating limitations the state sets for how race is taught in the classroom and the Parental Rights in Education Act, also known as Don't Say Gay Bill, which forbids discussion of sexual orientation and gender identity for certain elementary school students. Now, what it comes down to is the sanctimonious wants to uphold white supremacy in America. That's just what it is. And, and you know what? That's we're gonna call it what it is. In institutions all across this nation, with his love for whitewashing this country's history and its present. And it is fitting that we close out this segment with a quote from the poet and freedom fighter herself, the one and only Dr. Maya Angelou. History, despite its wretching pain, cannot be unlived. But if faced with courage, need not be lived again. Mic drop, Dr. Maya Angelou. We'll be back after this. 
welcome back to the show. My second favorite part. We're gonna start off with TYT members, Scented Kerfuffle. <laughs> I love that. Biden, quote, I'll do everything in my power to combat climate change, end quote, a year later. Quote, well, turns out I don't have any power, sorry. <laughs> Very good, Scented Kerfuffle, you did that. And Ben Flavor, been talking about Angela Davis. Yes, been talking. So Biden flavor, sorry. Been talking about Angela Davis. Yes, 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 Ben did. And on Twitch, Chipmunk, Biden has been and always will be, quote, a moderate Republican. He will never care about people that aren't big donors. Well, he did say on the 2020 presidential campaign trail that two multi-millionaire folks, nothing would fundamentally change for them. So he meant that. That's one campaign promise he definitely has honored. And on YouTube Super Chat, Gord, Nina and Ben, you two are awesome. Thank you, Gord, so much. Ben and I, we received that, we are awesome. And so are you and you and you and you. Thank you all so much for your support of the show and of the TYT Network, we appreciate you. So now we got billionaires going after free speech. Could free speech as we know it be impacted by a court decision in Texas? It could be. Take a look at this headline, the lawsuit that could free speech against billionaires. I mean, they are just, hey, doing whatever they think they can do to hold on to their power. And this is coming, this reporting from the levers coming from our very own Jordan Yule, so exciting. Since Elon Musk took over Twitter, the national debate over free speech has narrowly focused on tech company social media censorship. But offline in a Texas court, a lawsuit could send an intimidating message to political candidates across the country. If you suggest billionaire donors buy political influence, you could face severe punishment. At issue is a suit brought by Texas oil and gas billionaire Kelsey Warren. It accuses former Democratic gubernatorial candidate Beto O'Rourke of defamation for slamming Warren's $1 million donation to Texas Governor Greg Abbott, who's a Republican in 2021. Davis Sirota's tweet, let's put it up. Today's most important free speech case is unfolding right now in Texas, an oil slash gas billionaire is trying to set a legal precedent that Americans can be financially punished for criticizing money in politics. Let's take a look at this clip. I have been directly threatened by Kelsey Warren of Energy Transfer Partners. Kelsey Warren, who started an energy company in Texas called Energy Transfer Partners, they're a huge natural gas provider and pipeline company. He's suing Beto O'Rourke over comments Beto made on the campaign trail. People made billions of dollars during the grid failure. Uh, Kelsey Warren, his company made $2.4 billion. He wrote Greg Abbott a $1 million check. In 2021, there was a deep freeze in Texas that froze a lot of the energy infrastructure in the state, and that included natural gas pipelines. And because these pipes froze, millions of people were left without power. Hundreds of people died as a result. A family in Conroe is mourning the loss of their 11-year-old son. The family says he was found dead after a cold night in their mobile home that had lost power. Oh, such a shame. Ben, any quick thoughts about this? Yeah, I mean, it's just shameless how anytime like a Nazi gets banned from Twitter, all of a sudden they're talking about free speech, free speech, free speech. But then you point out that maybe perhaps billionaires are using their money to influence politicians. And then all of a sudden you're crossing the line and we gotta make sure we censor that. It just reveals exactly who these people are when they say free speech and whose speech they think should be free. There it is, we're gonna continue to watch this case. It's gonna impact us all even though it's happening in Texas. And Amazon strike in the UK. Workers across the globe are rising up. Thank God for that. Take a look. Brilliant, absolute stars. Well done. This is indeed a historic first. Let's put up this tweet. Breaking hundreds of Amazon workers in the UK have walked out on strike for better pay and conditions, a first for Amazon workers in the country's history. Ben, we love to see this. Yeah, 100%. And like this is this is an important lesson, okay? This is the most important lesson right here. 
We should not be waiting for politicians to change the environment that we are living in. We should force politicians to make change by changing the environment they're making decisions in. You shouldn't be waiting for the leadership of politicians and you shouldn't be begging for politicians to do good things for you. You should mobilize and force politicians to beg for your forgiveness and to beg for your vote. Because fundamentally, it is working class people that have the ability to make these changes. If we stop working, the system stops working, and then you have the power and they're begging you. They're asking you what they can do for you, as opposed to you begging them to do something for you. There it is, y'all heard that, that is lesson 101. There must be, we must exact something for our votes and not the other way around. And Jeremy Corbyn put up this tweet. It takes an Amazon warehouse worker more than eight weeks to earn what CEO Jeff Bezos makes in a single second. Let's keep that up. Did you just, did y'all hear what I said? Believe your eyes. It takes an Amazon worker, warehouse worker, more than eight weeks, not eight days, eight weeks to earn what CEO Jeff Bezos makes in a single second today. They are taking strike action for the first time in the UK over pay and conditions. Solidarity with at GMB underscore union members making history. Solidarity, solidarity indeed. And the walkout is just the latest in Britain, which is facing its worst industrial unrest since Margaret Thatcher was in leadership. And when it comes to Amazon in the UK, Amazon, which employs 75,000 people across the UK, increased starting pay by 50 pence to a minimum of between 10.5 and 11.45 pounds. That equates to $12.95 to $14.12 in our money per hour last year compared with a minimum wage in Britain that is set to rise to 10.42 in April. So listen folks, people all across the world, worker solidarity all across the world, working class people are catching the same hail all across the world. So solidarity to workers everywhere who are only protesting for, striking for, asking for better pay, better work conditions and better benefits. They all deserve that. The quality of life of working people here in the United States, in the UK and all across the globe. Working people are worth it. They are not asking for too much and they are not reaching too high. And we are them and they are All right, that does it for us today on Unbossed. So glad that you spent a portion of your time with us today. You know what we want you to do about this time. And it was certainly spectacular, I must say, to have been with us per usual. Now you all know what I want you to do about this time. I want you to keep the faith, but more importantly, I want you to keep the fight. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Unbossed. If you like the show, then you'll enjoy our other podcasts on TYT Network like The Damage Report with John Iderola, Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie, and The Young Turks. Make sure to listen and follow, and if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating.